Hey y'all, it's Sammy. You might have noticed that we didn't release an episode last week. If you're following us on social media, you already know this, but for those of you who aren't, we decided to postpone the release of episode 6 due to the events of the Queer Liberation March. We recorded this episode the Friday before the march, and by Sunday, things were totally different. It didn't feel right to release this episode, which talks about our feelings around pride, in the wake of what happened at the end of the march, and without any context. So we decided to release them both together. You can listen to one or the other, but we recommend that you listen to them both in order, if you've got the time. I know our episodes run kind of long. So thank you for listening, and enjoy the episode. You ready? I am ready. Are you ready? No. I'm Sammy. And I'm Eddie. And this is Housewarming Party. Everyone's going to think the name of our show is Housewoman Party Cackle, because that's how I pronounce it every week. Every single time. <laughs> housewarming. <laughs> housewarming party. <laughs> Spelled like it sounds. A one. A one housewarming party. <laughs> Welcome to Housewarming Party, a podcast about four older women who share friendship and a home in Miami, Florida. Remember, it's not our fire escape. It's our cast iron lanai. When is the last time we were out there? How should I know? Time keeps on slipping into the future. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long week, but we started from the bottom. Now we're here. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I feel like, oh, yes, Friday, we made it as if my work is not waiting for me when Monday comes. But no, no, I'm actually feeling really relaxed, feeling really um, in a better mental place than I was. Uh, for the past couple of weeks, so yeah. so that's yeah, that's where I'm at. Is this how long have you been doing um, Fridays off? Oh gosh, oh yeah. So we've been doing Fridays off at my job just to kind of engage in in a little self care, whatever that means for us. The work that we do, you know, it's we've got a high work volume, and also you know the the work that we tend to engage in for some of us might be a little triggering at times, might be a little emotionally taxing at times. Um, so you know, I'm very I'm very grateful. Sometimes I think that it is really a privilege to work at a company where my supervisors really um, prioritize the mental health of their employees. And and then I start to feel guilty that other people don't have that. And then I remember, oh, it's the fault of our workforce that that's not something we demand of every employer. Yeah. You know, I'm, I am very lucky that I get to have that and I'm very grateful for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, you know, it's, it's a shame that not every employer does that. Um, it seems like that's the bare minimum that one can do. Yeah. It's so funny. I'm thinking about, as you're speaking, I'm looking into your eyes and remembering mm. all the things you did this week from the show on Sunday mm. to um, a couple of kind of panels that you did or presentations that you did mm. um, in the evenings this week. You had a full week after hours. It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, I feel accomplished. I feel relieved that it's all over. There's always a little bit of sadness when something like a production ends because even in even in uh, Shelter in Place, 
I've been rehearsing via Zoom and it's still getting to see people that I love. You know, I was, you know, I've talked about Mama Puya on the show before, but getting to see Mama Puya a lot and, and, you know, first thing in the morning and she, you know, rolls out of bed and she's like, I just put a little bit of eye makeup on and I'm still in my pajamas. And I'm like, honey, your pajamas look beautiful. I wouldn't have guessed, um, you know, and, and then all of a sudden that is over and you don't really see those people. It's it's always a little bittersweet that, yes, we did this show and, oh, we'll never see each other again. And, so I always, you know, I felt I feel accomplished now that all that work has paid off um, in the same way that I feel accomplished that my work at work has paid off. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. nice, nice to be on the other side of it and breathe a sigh. You know, it's, you're reminding me that um, you have talked about Mama Puya before. Yeah. But she and I haven't become kind of Instagram and kind of Facebook friends until this week. Oh, really? And I think it's because after listening to you rehearse, uh -huh. and in some way the intimacy of having her in our home, even yeah. virtually, yeah. felt like, oh, now seems like the right time for me to follow her on Instagram and to kind of, I don't know, I think it's just Instagram, maybe not Facebook. Yeah. Um, and I thought, why didn't I do this sooner? And I was like, because, I don't know. It just seemed... I adore her. Yeah. I adore her. And I think it was going to getting to know her, because so much of what I knew about her before was through you. Um, but this was different. So I was like, oh, now I actually, I've heard her voice. I've seen her face. I've listened to her tell stories. I've, she's been in our home. Well, kind of. There is something about, you know, even though it's Zoom, these people are kind of in your home a little bit. Like these rehearsals, they would start first thing in the morning and I, you know, I'd roll out of bed. I would log on sometimes before I've even had breakfast just to make sure I'm there on time. And I would let, you know, I would let myself sort of be in uh, the room, in the chat room or whatever, while I go and get cereal. And if somebody else logs on in that period of time and I haven't turned my camera off, they can see me getting ready for breakfast and vice versa. Like I can watch them go get ready for their day. And I'm like, this is, for, for being completely isolated, this is highly intimate. It's so true. It, it, it's so funny because I remember the number of times this week in particular where I've asked you, um, oh, you know, what kind of call is this? Is this a phone call? Is it a video call? Is it a work call? When what I really meant was, do I need to put on a shirt and, or pants? <laughs> and sometimes I'd be like, yeah, the person that I'm calling will not care. You know, the person I'm, I'm calling would love to see you naked. So do nothing. Do not move. And uh, here we go. Showtime. Um, and now it's time for an icebreaker. Each episode, we'll pick a question from one of our icebreaker cards and take turns answering the question on that card. If you want to play along at home, you can send us your answer at housewarmingpartypod at gmail.com and we'll read it on next week's episode. Today's question is, when was the last time a scent reminded you of a childhood memory? Ooh. Mm -hmm. A scent that reminded me of a childhood memory. Mm -hmm. um, okay, two things come to my mind and they're very, very different. And by the time you answer your question, I'm probably gonna have about three more answers. But the first thing is that came to my mind was, it's the smell of the inside of a Halloween mask. <gasps> that like plasticky, <laughs> really like stuffy. I think oh. it's when we were when we got the new shower curtains, and I, and I just kind of took them out of the package, and it had that really strong plasticky smell, and I was like, Ugh, Halloween in 1977, mm. and that's in my. Uh, whatever my Steve Austin bionic man. Yeah, what did costume. you dress up as? 
Oh, that's a whole nother conversation. Okay, okay. Because we, did I ever tell you this story? My family stopped celebrating Halloween when I was in second grade. Mm. So by that time. Why does your family hate fun? <laughs> it just, it just did not fit into my family's, particularly kind of my mom's kind of like, you know, kind of spirituality. And mm. My younger brother, Raymond, was really too young to really kind of experience it. Um, and I think Stephen and Antonio, my older brothers, um, I think of the two of them, Antonio loves I was Halloween. about to say, like, I, you know, ha- I would not have known that knowing that, like, you know, seeing their Halloween photos from last year, they go ham. Y'all, like, Antonio and Hedy's photo was amazing. They were, um, he was the scarecrow and she was the wicked witch. Oh and she was gorgeous. Oh my god! And they did this thing like I don't know how outdoor they did that with like this with outdoor shoe with this. Oh my god! And even like he did, he took these photos of himself in like their garage that looked so like mysterious. And oh, I was like, right. oh my garage. gosh, it looked it looked so good. You, if you had told me, oh, we don't really celebrate Halloween, I would not have guessed. Yeah, well, it's funny. I wouldn't because, believe you. Yeah. Um, when I was in second grade, and I don't know if they if you did this as well, they would have like a parade where all the elementary school classes would go around mm-hmm. and um and so all the kids in the class are getting their costumes on except for me and my teacher said where's your where's your costume mm-hmm. and my response was i'm wearing it i'm prince charming uh <laughs> my mom was telling me the story i said that is a straight up lie i did not say that okay first of all it's something i would say I was, I was like i can hear it you are nothing if not consistent i can hear young eddie go i'm prince charming i felt like i must have been way too bashful and had way too much respect for authority at that age to say something but i also feel like i had way too much appreciation for wit and sarcasm you can't like i <laughs> to not say it so <laughs> you can't you can't like y'all when he's about to say something you could just he has this look in his eye like get ready get ready i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it i'm prince charming it's so funny i the, fully the, believe my that favorite part yeah. about that first of all especially now as an educator um why would you like you kind of shame a child like that yeah um but of course we line up in height order so who leads the parade the shortest me Prince Charming, walking into every room. In my mind, I picture myself kicking the door open. That I don't think I did. Um, <laughs> you could have. <laughs> but I think that's what I did. I just kind of entered every room, led by saying, letting them know we don't all dress up for Halloween. And now I make it up, make it up with you. Yeah. We need to come up I with knew- our couple's costume. <laughs> I okay. knew it as soon as I said it that your eyes can get really big. Oh, I love Halloween. Okay, so scent of plastic. So scent of plastic. And the other one um, was recently I smelled hyacinth. Mm. And immediately I thought, oh, Easter. Oh. Just a strong of that. The, it's such a strong scent. And I have such a strong association with um, hyacinth and Easter. Why? <sighs> I mean, I. I'm having not never, sure. Having never like observed Easter as anything other than bunnies and Easter eggs. Well, I was gonna say, and I'm not sure if it's a church thing. Although church it was more about the um, about the lilies, and I'm trying to think of what flowers we would kind of put out for for Easter. Mm. But my mom has a, an incredible green thumb, and so she took a lot of care to keep kind of flowers in our house, in front of the house, um, always kind of well kept. And so I don't know if she planted hyacinth in the spring and that's why i kind of associate it with that um 
don't think so because my mom also has very sensitive kind of allergies. And so I think a strong scent like that might be too much for her. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I associate high scent with, with Easter. I love that. How about you? Oh, I know. Um, it was definitely... So I use this subscription service to, like, get new, like, or, or sample new, like, colognes and stuff like that. And I'm not saying their name because nobody pays us. <laughs> um, but I got this new one. It was called, I forget what it was called. Um, but it had neroli in it, like that. Um, and it smelled so strongly like this cologne that my mom used to put on my blanket when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Called Nenuco. That was like a, it's, it's like a Spanish cologne, but like it was a thing for Puerto Rican parents, it like for, for a while. Yeah. Um, it has this distinctly like clean and slightly sweet smell to it. It just like smelled exactly like Ninuco. And the second I put it on, I got very emotional. <laughs> that it was like, it just feels like my blanket. So um, funny. feels I like my night night. Um, yeah. So that that's definitely it. Because I remember I, I, wasn't familiar with it, yeah. but I immediately imagined what I thought a baby blanket would smell like. Yeah. So, Nanuko, that's what, it, that's what it smells like. Which also happens to be our sponsor this episode. That's not. <laughs> no, it's not. So remember, if you want to play along at home, send your answer to housewarmingpartypod at gmail.com and we'll read it on next week's episode. So that's it for Icebreakers. So we're going to the Queer Liberation March on Sunday. Which I'm excited about. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. Are you? Yes. So for those of you who don't know or who live outside of New York, the official like New York Pride has been canceled this year, but the Queer Liberation March was like, fuck that and fuck you, we're still going. I have long since given up on not swearing in this show. Um, Our swear jar was overflowing with quarters. I think that's the first time I'm going to be out in public seeing anybody, and it's going to be a rally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while. You know, I've been wanting to rally, especially in this moment. Um, but but in general, like, that is that is sort of my lane for the most part. I actually, I do love marching. I do love rallying. I love speaking. I love campaigning. I love, you know, stuff like that. And I hadn't been able to because of the workload, so I would, you know, feel incredibly guilty for just not even being able to be outside. I'm really looking forward to the Queer Liberation March. I'm really interested to see, you know, what the turnout is like this year. Um, Did you go last year? Yeah. It was it was beautiful. I really... I don't think I would ever go to, like, a more commercial pride parade again if this was, like... If it could just be like this. Because I really felt a sense of genuine community yeah. of you could see all kinds of people regardless of um, race regardless of age regardless of identity regardless of uh, ability you know be not just like sitting on the sidelines and cheering while like Microsoft passes by and throws beads at them everyone marching or you know shouting from the sidelines with their posters and posters in all languages not just yeah. English posters that are very like explicitly you know making statements and not just there for the selfies like it felt so much like this is what i would like pride to be yeah um i went last year with the sisters of perpetual indulgence if if y'all don't know who they are um i am one but i think that that could be a conversation for another day and 
I know some sisters so. are going this Sunday. Uh, I don't know who plans on manifesting. Uh, the you know being in being in face involves a sort of like white base layer. Um, that's like really, uh, it's really thick. Yeah. And so I don't think I'm gonna manifest. Um, Do you have that here? Oh yeah. No, I got all my makeup here. I just it's it's so hot and sticky and I, you know I'm not going to do that with a mask or anything like that I might maybe if anything do like a little half face across the you know across the top or, or whatever but no no I don't know if I want that on my skin and did you last year yeah you did yeah and um I did again a half face because I just like summer you know I I get it the manifesting it's part of our brand and, and whatever but the makeup in the summer just like really clogs your pores it feels awful and one of your siblings was in town last year right yeah Layla who is also a sister perpetual indulgence uh, just a different house um, that I think they're a mission house I came so. this close to meeting her for the first time but um, yeah last year was world pride and so mm. it was insane just to get to see you I remember you and Oof. I were texting all day and you're didn't like, I really even want you to meet Layla we sort of gave up we sort of gave up because we were like when if, if it was just a matter of walking down the street, right, you know, where you said you were and where we actually were located, I could just find you. But they had, like, blocked off certain things. They'd even blocked off certain exits and entrances to trains. And um, getting to you just wouldn't have happened. And mm -hmm. So we're like, fuck it. Let's go get some pizza. And so we gave up. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. because It took probably... me two hours even to get to a cat that I was cat sitting <gasps> in that area. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Just because of the, the way that the parade how blocked off certain like side streets and bleh. do you remember your first pride yeah uh, i was still in high school oh wow yeah it was youth pride my friend daniel's mother took us um and i like the only thing i got there was like a rainbow wristband like one of those like sweatbands you know mm -hmm. and i felt so happy to have it but i also like had to hide it mm -hmm. uh, like you know I had to hide it at home um, I wore it once at school and that was a mistake you know so yeah it, like but I had it you know and, yeah. and, like the, the possession of it like was something to me um, how about you what was your first pride my first pride I think was in Boston when mm. I was in graduate school um, and I, I just remember it was my first time being in such a large uh, space yeah. of LGBT people and allies and families. Um, and Boston's a, Boston's a large city, but it's a small city. Mm. And so it didn't have the same kind of overwhelming feeling that like a Manhattan pride. So for me, yeah. as a first pride, I felt like it was a good one. Um, when I first came to New York, I remember experiencing pride for the first time and it was, it was, a phenomenon. It was yeah. a production. It was um, exciting for me. I think Pride is really valuable for people who are new to coming out mm -hmm. and or new to a city. Um, and so for in that sense, it really kind of served its purpose for me. Then I discovered Queens Pride and Brooklyn Pride. And I think of all the New York Prides, um, Queens is probably my favorite. It's um, the only one I haven't been to yet. It's a very short parade nice. um, and a very large crowded mm. uh, festival and it just okay. felt like it had, a, had much more of a community feel to me than um, the large kind of New York Manhattan Pride is and after that uh, Pride literally became work for me I started working at, mm. at the Hedrick Martin Institute yeah. and we start planning Pride at least at that time 
probably three to six months in advance mm-hmm. um, because it's 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 a project it's yeah. um engaging all of our youth in designing the float and in designing the t-shirt there's a lot of log- logistics involved in organizing hundreds of youth and keeping them safe yeah um, i mean everything from i remember one brooklyn pride where we were handing out palm cards and um one of our kids end up kind of breaking up with his boyfriend Oof. on the route because his boyfriend thought that he was only handing out palm cards to the cute boys and so mm. they kind of broke up got into a fight mm. um they got some counseling on the way and they were back together and resolved by the time the parade ended gays because you know when you're kind of gays and it's pride and it's summer and um and you're a teenager everything is dialed up um, both in terms of this is when a lot of people would come into New York City um, for Pride, not necessarily have a plan on how they're getting back to Jersey or Connecticut or Long Island or wherever they came from, mm. and could potentially just kind of show up on Hetrick Martin's door because they heard of the Harvey Milk School. Mm. And so we had to be prepared for everything. We had um, headsets. We had um, kind of a, a full roster of aunt. It was a working day for us. Hmm. And I loved it. Really? Yeah, because there's something, you know, when you're kind of walking down, there's a couple of groups um, that when you're kind of walking down the street with that group, people just kind of fall over themselves to show love. Yeah. And the youth, the youth are one of them. Youth and P-Flag. Hmm. Um, I feel like every um, everyone... Every LGBT adult watching the parade sees youth go by and just kind of applauds the youth they wish they had. Yeah. And they see P-Flag go by and they applaud the parents they wish they they had. And so it's just amazing to kind of see that response. They weren't clapping for me. Uh, But it felt like, you know, I still get the kind of the residual kind of um, adulation that would come with marching with Hedrick Martin. After I left Hetrick Martin, I started singing with the Lavender Light Gospel Choir. Mm-hmm. And that's another group that, you know, when you're kind of, this time I got to sit on the um, float, which is very different than kind of walking. But there's something about kind of going down Fifth Avenue and down Christopher Street with um, kind of gospel music kind of blaring and having all these LGBT people of color, um, particularly kind of, um, you know, Lavender Light's full name, Lavender Light, the black and people of all colors, Mm. um, gospel choir, um, to have a kind of, such a kind of black cultural staple, um, to have such kind of a religiously institution. um, There's a very kind of political statement when you see Lavender Light coming down the street. And I I love that response. Mm. Um, There's a couple of other times when I was in Houston, I marched with NASA. Mm. Um, NASA is another group that when people, first of all, they're a government agency. We don't have a fancy, they didn't have a fancy float. Mm. They had someone's old beat up VW van. No offense to whoever's van that was with like a flag kind of like on the side. But people look down the stream like, oh my gosh, NASA's coming. Um, And so for me, it was less about the production, um, but more about who I was marching with, why I was there and why, what point in my life. Having said that, there were years in between where I didn't go at all because hmm. it didn't serve me. Yeah. Um, and I would go to support whoever I was wanted to go. Yeah. If they were new in town or newly out. Yeah. Um, that there's an aspect of the uh, event that I needed, but it just, for the most part, it was too big, too, um, too corporate, too anonymous, too um, kind of lacked the bite. That, so when they kind of reclaimed pride came 
came around, um, and now the kind of queer liberation march kind of brought it back to its roots. It made me very excited. So this will be my first time going last this year since I didn't go last year. Yeah, yeah. I think you know to your point about you know marching in certain groups, it doing something and it saying something. I think that's why I look forward to uh, queer liberation march because I used to help like co-organize our involvement in Pride for like the Baltimore Transgender Alliance um, and and stuff like that. And I remember the first time that we were allowed to march at the front and the way in which, like I remember this one individual, you know, I don't know how they identified, um, along the parade route, seeing us come down and like weeping and screaming, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, And that's, you know, and, and, there's there's something about that to me when a march is really organized by and for community when a when a march really champions the values of inclusion that I think that our community doesn't often do unfortunately mm-hmm. you know that gives me energy and hope and and power uh, and and just sort of reinvigorates me to do what I do and that's why I think I'm looking forward to the queer liberation march even though as we've said I feel very burnt out by pride right yeah. now. Uh, I'm I'm a little like we're we're on like almost opposite ends of the spectrum where you're very very excited for Pride in general and I'm like I I'm done with Pride right now I got the march and that's that's the last like proud atom in my body and then I and then I just need to like stop yeah. um, which is, s- it's it's a it, no nah, go ahead okay when you say Pride do you think of the entire month do you think of the last Sunday in June does that you know when you think of because um, when I think about being excited for Pride, a lot of people use Pride to be kind of synonymous with the parade. And for me, that's not what I'm excited about. Um, so I was like, am I excited about the month? This hasn't felt like a Pride month for me. Mm. Um, I'm excited about the march. Um, and I think partially because of what it means nowadays to have a march for black lives um, right now seems right. Um, it seems right for me. It also seems right for where the LGBTQ community should be focusing their energies and their attention right now. For me, I think we've both been so isolated for so long um, that going from zero to 60, going from kind of being, a, you know, kind of with each other to now being a huge crowd seems right for this event. I think, and I think I mentioned this the other day, mm-hmm. I think it'll be actually less stressful to be among thousands of people at the march than it will be to be among dozens of people on the Upper East Side. No offense to our neighbors. Full offense. <laughs> They're lovely, but not cautious, honey. Yeah. Um, when I say I'm burnt out by pride, I'm burnt out by the pride event. I've been doing a lot of pride events. Uh, especially this this year, um, I think that every every week in June, uh, I think that I've done at least two or three a week. Yeah, um, and they're all they all involve speaking, uh, educating. A lot of them, you know, not all of them. I, I think that I get very invigorated by the ones that are by and for the community. Yeah. Um, but the ones that aren't, that involve a lot more education and a lot more Q&A uh, and the cues that I get during the Q&A um, are really, really draining. And I think the thing that frustrates me about them is, you know, and it's, again, I am acknowledging that it is a privilege that I get contracted to speak. 
uh, and my commitment this month in particular, especially this year, this month, the time that we're in has been that I'm going to leverage my privilege and donate these proceeds to black trans-led organizations, yeah. uh, which I've been doing. But, you know, that's that's not like to, that's not masturbatory, that's not a, a hum, that's not a brag, that's not a pat myself on the back, that's just sort of a, you know, if, if I get to be the one that, if I'm the one that's contracted to speak, well, I kind of want to share that wealth. Yeah. Um, the thing that frustrates me about this is that it's it's all this, all this rush, 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 work, work, work. Tell us your life. You know, we're gonna mine you for your history and your opinion and your knowledge. Um, insofar as I have knowledge, because I'm stupid. And then July 1st is going to hit and it's all going to be gone. And all of this professing we stand in solidarity and what can we do to help is going to dry up. And I think that I'm just a little frustrated. Uh, Like I told you last night, I'm like, I'm a little tired of thinking of being trans. Yeah. You know, even uh, there's been a lot of acclaim for the documentary on Netflix, Disclosure. I watched the trailer and every two seconds I'm like, that's my friend, that's Marquise, that's Brian, oh my God, I want to see it, there's so many, you know, I'm really excited, I, I want to watch it, but I'm also just like really tired of thinking of being trans, yeah. I'm really tired of talking about the trans experience in a way that's like clearly framed to educate cisgender people, um, and so like I just, I will eventually get around to seeing it, I have heard such great things, uh, I am not recommending that people not see it. In fact, I want a lot of people to see it. Yeah. I've, I've heard I've heard nothing but rave reviews. And, you know, everyone I know that's in there, that's that's speaking on behalf of the trans community and trans representation, I, I trust all of those people. Like, those are, those are people that you should be listening to, voices that you should hear. So, by all means, watch Disclosure. The reason that I haven't gotten around to watching Disclosure is that I'm just, I am actually legitimately burned out thinking about the trans experience. Yeah, I was thinking about that, the amount of kind of emotional labor that you kind of put in in the month of June, um, and particularly this year, because a lot of it is kind of telling your story, um, and and not and not necessarily that people are asking to hear about your trauma or that you kind of offer it um, because you get to decide um, kind of what you share, but it's it's your story and it's other people's stories and it's um, it's a lot. And I, I, I mean, I can, I can see that. Um, and I, I can see how you get energized and exhausted. Um, and when you have kind of two or three a week um, for the month of June, I can see why you'd be. You may want to kind of run around in um, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy is my everything. Listen, I went to another gay wedding in the game. This elf married like a lion man. Uh, I got presents. We you got a, presents? You get presents if you go to the wedding. The guests get presents. We all took a group photo. It was everything. It was, listen, pride is also for lions. <laughs> That's, there's the, the, reason, the reason they call a group of lions a pride. It's because they're all gay. Because they're gay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or, or LBT. LBT. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing people. Um, I, I'm actually not even sure how many of my friends will be there. I mean, if there's a way that we kind of organize, I would like to see as many of my friends on Sunday as I can. I definitely want to see Diane. Um, she's going to have yeah. a contingent there, and she's going to volunteer to be a marshal. Love Diane. Um, I'm actually bummed that I missed the marshal 
training last night because I was in Marshall for Pride for a couple of years. Oh, there was uh, a training last night. The training last night. Aww. I actually went to the website and I don't know if I got distracted or something, but I wasn't able to kind of hmm. find and kind of sign up. Um, but also, I think you know, I imagine that you and I will kind of play it by ear. Um, we're both super excited to be there. Um, but if it turns out that it's too kind of overwhelming because we have been kind of um, we haven't been around this many people. I imagine that it's going to be overwhelming and nourishing at the same time and that the nourishment will be, will kind of balance out any kind of negative feelings. Not ne- negative is not the right word. Um, it'll restore you. It'll restore us. Yeah. Um, but I also want to kind of make sure that we have, that it's okay if it's still, if it's still too much. So what about it is going to nourish you? Because, I mean, listen, I've been talking on and on about, oh, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over pride, which is, you know, not true. It's just emotionally exhausting. But I also want to honor that you're in a different place. And you're you're really looking forward to just, is it, when you say you're looking forward to pride, you're really excited about pride. Is it specifically the Queer Liberation March? Or what about this month in particular? What about Pride Month is the thing that you're looking forward it's to? It's literally the March. Okay. Um, I mean, in general, for me in the past, the um, <laughs> when I think of Pride Month, I think Queens Pride, then Brooklyn Pride, then Folsom, then um, Broadway Bears, which I always miss. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe the Manhattan March, if I know someone is going. Um, usually, it's meeting up with friends in the, at the Eagle on the rooftop afterwards. But there's you know. It, for a while there, the actual parade itself was, the Pride Month was less centered on the parade itself. And I think part of me was kind of longing for that first experience of Pride when it meant something to me. And when Reclaim Pride kind of brought back the resistance side of Pride, that's when it kind of, it got exciting for me again. So I'm, I'm excited to be kind of be part of something that's a march, something that is kind of centered on, um, marginalized and kind of vulnerable communities right now that's focused on black lives right now. And I'm really looking forward to seeing my friends. And, you know, whether I get any swag, whether I have a cute t-shirt or haircut, whether I kind of hang out on the rooftop of a bar afterwards is all secondary to me this year. Yeah. And what, yeah. I agree. You know, there's, there's a degree to which I think like going outside has been a little overwhelming for me in the past, but I'm really looking forward to this I one. I think so. And the other thing I should say is, um, you know, Diane's had that social media campaign this week, the 10-day uh, challenge, um, where she's asked people to, well, she is nominated each day. There's a different category. And each day she will name a LGBT person, particularly from New York, mm-hmm. um, that she kind of wants to honor and invited other people to share people that they would like to honor and to kind of share and tag their friends. So I think the first, oh, the first day was Ancestors, and she was honoring Miss Colombia, which mm. I loved to kind of see. I love that that was her first one. Um, the second day was, I want to say, um, Audrey Lord, Audrey Lord. It was activists. Mm-hmm. No, no, it was creators. Um, the third day was nightlife, and it was Nisham Wooden, um, also known as Mona, Mona Foot. Foot. Um, the fourth day was Stormy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Fifth Day Hector Extravaganza, and today was Leiling Polanco, mm. as well as all the other people who have been killed in New York and outside of New York. And I just, I loved seeing someone who's running for mayor of New York center those stories and those faces and those names. But also it made me think of the people in my life who I wanted to kind of celebrate. Um, So I've been kind of like responding and sharing her post every day and nominating the artists in my life um, who may not be as famous or well-known as Audre Lorde, but who are singers and dancers and comedians and producers and writers and poets. And so every day I've been having this it's almost like a um, a mindfulness ex- mindfulness exercise where I reflect on the people that I want to uplift in this particular category. Um, and so I think that's been a different experience in Pride for me. Sammy, have you checked the mail? Why, yes, I have, Edward. Look here. Look at all these letters we have, Edward. Just kidding. Each week we'll... <laughs> Why? That was really aggressive. <laughs> Each week we'll send a letter or letters from our inbox and read them on the show. If you'd like to send us a letter, you can email us at housewarmingpartypod at gmail.com and we'll read it on next week's episode. This letter comes from Elena. It reads, Hey guys, my question is about self-care, which is interesting we just talked about. Mm -hmm. We just mentioned that. I feel like people... This letter comes from Elena. It reads, Hey guys, my question is about self-care. I feel like people tell us to do self-care, but it always involves some kind of consumerism or buying Mm. something that's supposed to make us feel better. Mm -hmm. How do you all practice self-care? And are there any affirmations you would share with me? Thanks. Mm. Smiley face. You're right. I actually did answer a similar question at a Pride event I did last night. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Somebody asked that last night. Which so, says a because, lot. That well, a because, lot because you know, everyone right on the panel, like, you know, whether they were, regardless of age, regardless of background, like, had been involved in activism or organizing in some way. And one of the Q&As was just sort of like, as activists, how do you engage in self-care? Like, what is that role for you? Um, so... You go, you go first. I already know my answer, so. Sure. Well, it's so funny is I was, you know, when I think about self-care, a lot of it depends on I'm going to need something different at different points. And so I think of kind of mind, body, and soul, and then I think of the five senses. So there are times where I need to kind of dial myself up, and sometimes I need to kind of dial myself down. So literally there are times like when we do our six o'clock dance breaks, Mm -hmm. um, that's to me Mm self-care. I need to get moving. I need to sweat. I need to get out of my head. I need to get, um, I need to be standing and not sitting. I need to be not in front of a um, device, although we're in front of the TV. But I feel like that's what I need at that moment. And there are other times it's just the opposite. And so I'll get up at 7 a.m. and I'll kind of feed the cats. And maybe I'll sit on the couch for a minute just because, you know, there is, it's quiet. This is your home. And it's my home. You could do whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. And so for me, sometimes it's the overstimulation and sometimes it's the understimulation. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, that definitely, especially because we're inside a lot and we sit a lot, the, the movement is a big part of self-care. Yeah. I would like to incorporate more 
yoga and stretching because I realized how yeah. knotted up I get. Yeah. But I'm not quite there yet. Um, I think for me, a lot of it is uh, reading more. Mm. Um, I think because so much of our job, my job, well, both of our job is in our heads that kind of giving my mind a break sometimes. Um, I thought that I would start reading at night to help me kind of cool down and kind of go to sleep. Um, I actually find myself reading more in the morning, which I think is a good... I noticed that. Like, I'll wake up and you'll be in bed just kind of like checking an article or... A, yeah. I think for me, kind of getting out of bed and immediately going into like a bike ride or checking email, it's too jarring for me. And so kind of easing into my day by, you know, having some coffee and sitting on the couch, staying in bed and kind of... Um, reading while you cuddle with me. Mm. I feel like that's a great way to kind of ease into my day. And I think rather than kind of forcing self-care down my own throat, I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of self-care. Let me kind of ease into it. I think that's how I've been kind of practicing it lately. I love that. I'm curious how um, what your answer is going to be because I'm wondering if I know the answer. Besides watching people get fake married in video games, which I freaking love. I got invited to another one that is tomorrow morning at night. You have to schedule them, by the way. You have to like legit book your wedding. They have wedding packages. I I feel like I talk about it so much because I'm like, what a world we live in where this is a possibility. And what I love, and I don't know if this is your answer, what I love about the way that you talk about this game is that it's clearly a form of self-care for you because of how excited and how much joy you get out of it. How much joy you get out of talking about it. Well, it's, I would say, I would say kind of, you know, because, uh, yeah, no, no, in the sense that it is definitely like a part of, it is a form of like taking care of myself. I don't want to say, I bought this game and, and this is self-care, you know, but I, you know, I was talking about this last night on the panel um, about there is, you know, for marginalized populations, especially like black and brown bodies, queer bodies, you know, there is something revolutionary about the act of play in the sense that we are constantly, you know, our labor is constantly demanded, physical, emotional, intellectual, um, so much so that, you know, we are, we are expected to constantly work. There's that, there's that adage of, you know, we, we work twice as hard for half as much, um, you know, so this idea that, and, and we'd been talking about it yesterday as well, um, I know quite a few queer people of color specifically who have crazy uh, imposter syndrome. Like I, I, I definitely live with it myself. Like sometimes I don't see it unless somebody else identifies it, but um, I know that I experience it so much so that sometimes even, even now, like I'll be playing a video game, I'll be running around in Eorzea or whatever, and I'll feel guilty that I'm not doing something that is more productive. And you even feel guilty when you're not being productive in the game. Yes. Like, <laughs> I should be doing the main quest where I'm thinking it's a game. You should be doing whatever you want to be doing. But there's still this kind of pressure to be productive even in game. It's a thing. And, and in this and that is why I think that for for people like us, there is something revolutionary about just committing to not producing something that is for somebody else's consumption or not. You know, even if it is something like, oh, I should be doing the main quest, committing to just accepting that you can kind of do whatever you want right now. Yeah. Um, 
and the way I have to frame it for myself sometimes because I, I worry so much, oh, I'm not working, I'm not doing something, I you know, I feel guilty if like, oh, th- this is not for anybody else's benefit but my own, is this selfish, is this whatever. Sometimes I have to tell myself that not working is in service of my work. Yeah. Um, that I am actually doing work, I'm just doing work on myself. Yeah. Uh, this allows me to tune out. If, if I play a game or read a book or um, dance for a little bit, at least for a little while, I get to enter a world where none of my other problems exist. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to forget them. That doesn't mean I don't want to address them. That just means I need a little break. And that's okay. Um, Have we talked about this before? I don't know. I feel like I had, uh, not I feel like, I had an entire conversation last week about the healing power of play. I mean, it's literally how I ended up going to Houston with my nephew start a video game company for teenagers with cancer. Yeah. It's literally what I kind of studied in graduate school, which is play therapy. Mm. You know, I've always been a proponent of the therapeutic value of play, especially for adults. Yeah. You know, I feel like, you know, we lose this sense of spontaneity and imagination and role play. You know, I think it was um, Dr. Brazelton who said that play is the work of children. Mm. Um, It's how they kind of do problem solving. Yeah. They kind of try on a role and they try on a script and they see how it fits and helps them kind of make sense of the world. Yeah. And I think that we lose that ability to do that because we associate play with rules and rules with work. Um, we associate play with not having a commercial value. Mm. And, um, and so we just kind of stop doing it. But it's so necessary for so many reasons. You know, I've been very fortunate in the last couple of weeks to be working with um, kind of healers and service providers hmm. in Bed-Stuy and in um, Brownsville, Brooklyn. Hmm. And and these are people who have been kind of providing really, um, who've been working with a lot of kind of trauma in communities for a long time and particularly doing hard work in quarantine and yeah. while their communities that they serve are in quarantine. And so we've talked a lot about, and it's been fascinating to kind of hear the multiple ways that people have been using self-care. Everything from um, kind of home aromatherapy, Mm. you know, kind of thinking about what's within arm's reach, what's within your medicine cabinet, what's within your shower, what's within your home, you know, the amount of, oh, you know, you can, everybody can find ginger or cinnamon, Mm -hmm. um, or lemon, or lemon scented something, mm-hmm. or lavender scented something. Like if you mm-hmm. kind of go within our house, we can kind of look around at the oregano. We can see kind of, I'm actually kind of, I'm doing a mental Rolodex of the scents within our own house. Mm-hmm. The eucalyptus, the lavender, um, the colognes, yeah. you know, the things that. A little basil plant. Absolutely. I said oregano, I think I meant basil. No. <laughs> but I think everyone, you know, there's this idea of like, oh, aromatherapy is something that you have to go to a natural food store to got to buy a particular type of essential oil that does, and it's like well no. that's one way of doing it but also just kind of look around um and don't necessarily think of the kind of curative properties but think about what makes you happy yeah um, for me the smell of baked bread makes me happy the smell of cinnamon buns make me make me happy um the smell of my boyfriend in the morning makes Aww. me happy. Um, Good, because I'm foul. <laughs> but it's the same thing with all of our senses, you know. Um, I hear a lot of, I think a lot about the importance of turning our routines into rituals. Mm. Um, because once we elevate a routine into a ritual, it 
allows us to take a pause. And so every, even right now, the amount of times that we're kind of washing our hands, we kind of take the time just to use that 30, 90, four minutes to kind of focus on our hands, wash our hands, take our time, enjoy the feel of the warm water on our hands, um, finish up with some kind of lotion on our hands, massage our hands. Just the simple act of washing our hands could be a moment of kind of enjoying our um, touch, mm. um, giving rest to our hands that for many of us are working really hard right now. Mm. We're typing and we're texting and we're um, clenching our fists. And so there's lots of ways that we can be kind of doing that for ourselves. Things that bring us joy, brings that bring us peace, and, and quite frankly, uh, things that allow us to express our rage. Mm. Um, I think sometimes we underestimate the importance of that, that, oh, self-care is about feeling good. Self-care is about feeling whatever you're feeling. Mm. And, um, and so I encourage people, if you need to go into a video game and shoot some things up, do it. I encourage if you're going to do it, to do it in a video game. Um, uh, <laughs> I would hope so. Um, but this idea that if you know, if you want to have a ambient music playlist to help soothe ambient, you, ambient. Who are you, Moira Rose? <laughs> I, I love you so much. Honey. Thank you. <laughs> if you want to have a kind of a, a playlist that kind of soothes you, then do that. If you want to have a playlist that kind of makes you happy, um, then do that. If you want to have a playlist that kind of Mm. Just kind of makes you kind of want to um, kind of scream and move and yeah. dance and kick and um, I don't think I have a playlist like that. Maybe that'll be my homework for the weekend. Mm. My rage playlist. Like a rage list. Yeah. Whoa! What does Rage and Eddie look like? Oh, that's right. You haven't seen it yet. Do I want to? No. Okay. Although you probably will when it's directed at somebody else. I'm just gonna watch you Hulk out. <laughs> <Woof>. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that helps. And, you know, if it, if it doesn't, <laughs> let us know, you know. Um, but, yeah. Well, I hope that helps. That's all the mail we have today. If you'd like to send us a letter, you can email us at housewarmingpartypod at gmail.com and we'll read it on next week's episode. Yeah. Or you can even send responses to this week. We'd love to hear how you handle self-care. So send us your responses to this question and then also send us questions for next week. Yeah. Send just us lots of Send <laughs> us mail. <laughs> God, was Please. I too thirsty? Ugh. When are you not? Am I right, ladies? I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it echoed when we, we stopped. I, heard, Lady. I know. I was like, wait, <laughs> what do I do? We want to address that? No. <laughs> Let them just, it, that's our humor. Welcome. <laughs> so, talk to me or just. Nah, just. And now it's. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> now it's time for Neighborhood Watch. Each week, we'll shout out a person, an organization, an event, something in our community that we think you'd like to know about. Today's shout out goes to Fierce. Yes. Mission Fierce is a membership-based organization building the leadership and power of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer youth of color in New York City. 
They develop politically conscious leaders who are invested in improving themselves and their communities through youth-led campaigns, leadership development programs, and cultural expression through arts and media. Fierce is dedicated to cultivating the general gen Fierce is dedicated to cultivating the next generation of social justice movement leaders who are dedicated to ending all forms of oppression. To learn more about Fierce, including ways to support their mission and get involved, visit fiercenyc.org. Can I just tell you how excited I am to see Fierce as our neighborhood watch? Yeah. I remember when Fierce first started. Really? Um, yeah. I, I want to say, um, I should probably go and double check their website. Probably about 20 years ago, I think I was still at Hetrick Martin at the time. Mm. And from what I recall, at that time, they were largely kind of mobilizing around the gentrification of Christopher Street, the West Village, and the Piers. Wow. Um, because a lot of the gentrification and a lot of the uh, resistance against the noise and the quality of life was coming from the previous generation of LGBT um, people. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that these young, queer uh, youth of color were kind of rising up to kind of reclaim a space that has always belonged or mm -hmm. should have been, belonged um, to LGBT people and especially LGBT um, black and other people of color. I was excited to see them playing that role mm -hmm. and infinitely excited to kind of see them still around 20 years later. I mean, some of those youth are probably in their 40s now, um, but the fact to kind of watch this kind of cascading of youth leadership, anyway, I can go on and on about fears. I love it. It is sorely needed. We'll put their info in the show notes. Yeah, we should. So if you know someone that deserves a shout out, email us at housewarmingpartypod at gmail.com and we might feature them on the show. That's today's Neighborhood Watch. That's going to do it for us this week. We'd like to thank Jay Smoove at the stop. Oh, my God. He's making fun of me. That's going to do it. I can't. Woo. I grew up around brothers. I always have to be obnoxious. Damn I'm sorry. It. My love language. It's... You love me so much. <laughs> Woo. I, I was like, Woo. oh, I do. I was like, hey. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week. We'd like to thank Jace Move at the J Squad for letting us use his remix of the Jefferson's theme song. You can find them on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music. Check out their website at jsquadbeats.com to learn more. We'd also like to thank Wooly Bears for designing our cover art, which we've got. Have I mentioned how much? Yeah, people really love people it. People really love it. You can find him online at woollybears.com. That's Wooly Bears with a Z. On Instagram at Wooly Bears, or if you have a few bucks to spare, you can support him on Patreon at patreon.com slash woollybears. Speaking of Patreon, Housewarming Party is just one of the podcasts I'm rolling out this year. If you want to support the show and help us, can you... If you want to support the show and help us continue to deliver quality digital content, check out my Patreon and consider donating. 
You can find me at patreon.com slash sammyfigs. That's patreon.com slash s-a-m-y-figs. Patreon.com slash s-a-m-y-figs. We'll put everything in the show notes. And if you like what you're hearing and want to show... And if you like what you're hearing and want to... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so drunk on this boobly. If you like what you're hearing and want to support the show in a non-monetary way, tell a friend about the show. Better yet, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts. Positive <laughs> ratings boost our show and help our... Um, oh my God. If you like what you're hearing and want to support the show in a non-monetary way, tell a friend about the show. Better yet, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts. Positive ratings boost our show and help other people to find it. Until next time, I'm Eddie gonzalez Novoa. I'm Sammy Figaredo. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Travel down the what's the audio format of the I can't make the analogies. Sure, you're a pal and you're in my party. And if you threw a party, that rhymes. Yeah, that does. Invited everyone who plays this game. You would see. I have a horns and a tail. And. The card would say thank you for being. What are we doing? (laughs) Can you believe we just made that up right here on the spot? Wow. Oh my God. (laughs) Next hit single, Song of the Summer. Oh my God.